0: Not Nerd Podcast, Episode Seventy One. Don't copy that floppy.
1: Welcome to Episode Seventy One of the Not Nerd Podcast. I am Nate Heath, and I'm here with Mister Dave Baylor.
2: Oh, oh, I'm high. Sorry, I was. <laughs> You're high. <laughs> I was. I was just texting uh, somebody on Facebook. Oh. So.
1: Texting yeah. somebody on Facebook. Facebook
2: messaging.
1: Oh. What do you call you're that? You're showing your two colors. I was messaging. Sending a message.
2: Sending a message on Facebook. Messaging, messaging. somebody
1: on Messenger.
2: Um, this brings up a topic that I think we need to
1: address. Yes.
2: I kind of fumbled through this last week and I was confusing messages with iMessage and all that stuff. Well, if you Apple's go. Apple's messaging
1: yeah. pro. pro, pro
2: <laughs> Are you trying to say program?
1: Platform.
2: Oh, platform.
1: Apple's messaging platform.
2: Right. So you, I, I challenge you to go into your settings on your iPhone and go to messages. And what do you read at the top of the screen? Maybe you should do it right now. Get your your honking giant iPhone six, or I'm sorry, seven <sighs> plus six, two hundred fifty six so gigabytes settings,
1: and I go into messaging. Messages. What do
2: you see at the top of the screen there? What's it say? iMessage. Yeah. Why
1: is it? What? So the app is called Messages. The service is called iMessage. Why? Because it's Apple. <laughs> it's so confusing.
2: It is. So is it really wrong for me to be texting in my Facebook Messenger app? <laughs>
1: that has nothing to do with
2: that. Texting is the act of sending text based messages to and
1: fro. Okay.
2: That's my definition we'll let
1: you say it we'll okay. let you get away with it this time
2: i'm not just a creepy old man get off my lawn yes, yes. <laughs> did that scare you, you yeah that,
1: that was uh t- so anyway i
2: th- I think you said we were on episode 71 of the not true Nerd podcast what are we, what do we got in line for us tonight because I'm looking through the Evernote show notes and I don't even see uh, any show notes here.
1: You (laughs) don't see any show notes yet, do you? Do I need to
2: synchronize something?
1: I'll synchronize up with you. Uh, We got some follow-up. We got some quick takes, a couple Mm. good news stories, some parenting stuff that I came across. Wow. Um, Your tip of the week. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, then our picks of the week, obviously, to finish up. Not Nerd Podcast, that's what we do.
2: That's what we do.
1: Give you great tech info. Uh, Follow-up, I something that we have talked about and drooled over, over the past probably five or six months of its existence, was mm-hmm. the Nintendo Classic
2: device. Yes, I, the, the device that I wanted. I coveted it a little bit, uh, but they just weren't available. You yeah, couldn't find they were, them anywhere. Yeah, they were
1: hard to find. Uh, Jesse, my neighbor, a couple doors down, I wish he'd move one more door down so I could say my neighbor three doors down, Mm. like the band. Yeah. But he's two doors down. The new band, our, our neighborhood band. <laughs>
2: well, it's one better than the other yes. one.
1: Yes, he's got one. I haven't played it yet. He's invited me over a million times. But the thing is tiny. Yeah. It looks just like the old Nintendo. It's got the controllers.
2: And doesn't uh, Superfan Jared have one Yes, of these?
1: Superfan Jared also has one. Yeah. Um, Maybe
2: he'll sell me his for 40 bucks. If you're oh, listening, there we go. Jared, just send me a text.
1: Yes. $40. We'll give, bucks. we will give you a shout out on the podcast because we never do that. <laughs> no. uh, and thank you, Jared, very much for the Nintendo Switch review that you posted yeah. on the not Nerd Facebook page. So
2: Jared is quickly becoming the video game expert. Yes, not I said he Empire. was
1: hired. So uh, if you want to hear a little bit of a kind of an average gamer, not a serious gamer's review on the new Nintendo Switch mm-hmm. platform, uh, head over to our Facebook page and read that.
2: I think but, we should pay him double.
1: So the Nintendo Classic is... This is the one that looks like the original Nintendo comes with like 20, 25 games preloaded on it. 30 games. 30 games. You mm-hmm. can't add games. No. Retail price, $70. 60 bucks. $60. Mm-hmm. So super cheap, super easy for them to do. Well, they announced this week that they're discontinuing it.
2: Yeah. it's It was like a little fad that they did. They made a couple hundred thousand and sent them out into the wild and yeah. that's it.
1: I I heard, I think I heard that they sold probably about a million of them in the U.S. Okay. Um, but they never fulfilled demand.
2: No, they and could have so, sold 10 million yeah. easy.
1: And if they would have had 20 million before Christmas at 60 bucks a pop, if people would have been able to get them, everybody would have had one.
2: Yeah. So there, people have a couple theories as to why they did this, um, One person said, hey, uh, Nintendo likes to make collectible items. And so they'll do short runs on things to hype up demand and then discontinue them so that there's, you know, there's the fan base out there who really covets these things. And when they're more rare, they're more valuable. So that was one idea. I think probably the primary reason is when they were doing the Nintendo Switch or when they were developing it, um, Nintendo is like Apple very kind of behind the times when online services are concerned so they didn't they don't have a classic game store available for the Nintendo Nintendo Switch right now. It's something that's Perhaps coming in the future, they've not announced it, but it's on the 3DS system, and it was on the Wii U platform, and it was on the Wii platform. So, the chances are that a retro game store is coming at some point in the future.
1: They were like ten bucks a pop, or something. On the Wii was the last one I had, I think.
2: So it it varies, and so with the the NES Classic, uh, you know, thirty games for sixty bucks is two bucks a game, which is pretty good. Yeah. On all the other consoles where they sold those. NES games were three to five bucks. And then SNES games were like five to eight bucks. And then um, Nintendo 64 games were a solid $10. And so they're commanding more money per game through the emulation store that you can download versus this classic console that you could buy. Or
1: heaven forbid they sold them on iOS so we could play them on our phone. But that's a whole nother
2: episode. They won't do that. But maybe, just maybe... They made the classic because they knew that the uh, classic player, because they knew that the retro store was not going to be ready at the launch of the Switch. Uh, So maybe they just made that as a kind of a stopgap. And now that they're maybe ready to release it, they've stopped building the classics. And then in a month or two, we're going to see, hey, the all-new Switch, you can buy all those classic games for $5 a piece on the store. So
1: Well, and it kind of seemed like a... A half concept in the whole thing because you couldn't ideally they would put out the Nintendo Classic and then have the online store because you were locked in, unless you hacked it, which people found out a way to do. Yeah, you were stuck at those 30 games, and so there was no future money in it. Yeah, for why Nintendo. not?
2: Why not make it to where you could sell more games to put on that system? Yeah, until you bought them all, maybe in packs of 10. Hey, another pack of 10 for $30 or yeah. something
1: like that, so that there was no. Income forward looking income. So, everybody that got that when it did come out on the switch, which they're putting a big push on now, yeah, then you would just buy the classic because you could get those 30 games and you're not going to spend the three to ten bucks on the switch. So, it's yeah, I, I mean. I think it comes down to money because they could have made a lot more of these things. I think they just wanted to create some buzz going into having the new switch and, um, spoiler alert, Jared's review. He's really enjoying it. I've heard really positive things from people that seems like the switch, their new system, the high end system. Yeah. Um, that what is it? Two hundred and, Two ninety nine. 99 it's $299. 300
2: bucks but it doesn't come with any software whatsoever you have to buy yeah. every game even the kind of games from nintendo that seem like they should be included with the console yeah. you have to purchase those and they're like 60 bucks
1: yeah
2: but um 300 may seem like a lot for a console but think back about 10 years ago when they were releasing those consoles for 300 bucks um The money, the $300 back then was worth a lot more than it is now. And you keep doing that back into the past. We're really kind of getting a bargain at $300. You're getting a capacitive touchscreen tablet that hooks to your TV and you can take with you that plays first party AAA type games. Uh, That's a pretty good value.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, and that remind me, the Nintendo classic going away. I had this article. It's been sitting in our possible show Topics for mm-hmm. quite a while, okay. and I finally wanted to go to it. It is the hottest tech twenty years ago, so nineteen ninety-seven. Oh. Okay, I mean we're talking early internet. Mm-hmm. Um, we're talking pre-nine eleven. Wow, pre-Y two K.
2: Pre pre-anything Pre interesting.
1: Anything, yes. Back when life was boring and we went outside. Um, but anyways, I was thinking about doing a high five, but this stupid article is a slideshow. So there's no real good way to do that. So I'm just going to go through a couple of them okay. real quick. So 1997, what was big as a web browser?
2: Um, Mozilla.
1: No, we're no. talking pre-Mozilla. Netscape. 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 Yes. Yes. That's how we'll do it. Well, do, yeah. I'll try to give you some clues to guess. Yeah. Uh, so Netscape was the big browser. I mean, it was everything. That's that was what the you thing. used. Yep. You, you didn't want to use Internet Explorer. So you went and used Netscape.
2: And maybe I've told this story before, but I had entered into university after going to a two-year college in computer science. And when I got there everyone was so much farther ahead than I was. And so I just, I switched majors. I'm like, I can't, I can't compete. I have no idea what I'm doing, but Netscape was a big thing then. And a lot of those guys were going into the learning this new thing that they like to call HTML hypertext markup language, which of course the entire internet was built upon. And so I'm sure they're making hundreds of thousands of dollars a year being website um, gurus. And here I am doing a podcast.
1: Making millions. Okay, so then we move on. The best pocket toy that could go on your keychain.
2: Oh, Tamagotchi.
1: <laughs> yes, sir. Yes. Yes, the hottest tech toy fad. So this was basically you pressed a button to feed your little pet on a horrible screen. It's I mean, a, this thing was... It was
2: like a postage stamp, little LCD screen with a little guy on it that you had yeah, to
1: feed. To keep him alive. So. The and picture, they, would, they would die, too. <laughs> the picture they have is pretty classic. It's from KB Toys. I don't know if you remember. I KB. do. That was the mall toy store that I spent a lot of time staring at video games in. Mm-hmm. Then they did Gigapets, which is basically the same yeah, thing as a Tamagotchi. Um, so this is the media format. I don't know if it was... CD. Well, it was close to CD, but it was a lot smaller. It wasn't a compact disc. It was a... F-
2: flash
1: mini disc player. Oh, mini disc.
2: Yes. That was such a, that was a dead format before it even oh, started.
1: It could hold 80 minutes of high quality music, but it was just, it was tiny and it was more expensive than CDs yeah. and, and then was, CD burners started coming out and it was done. And if for. I recall,
2: it was a proprietary Sony format. So yeah. they're the only ones who were making it.
1: Um, this was our preferred media player of 1997 the no the internet media player on your oh. computer
2: oh man this would have been naps not napster uh
1: pretty napster this was just for playing it, mostly for playing audio at that time you weren't even really doing i
2: totally know what video. it is but it's not coming up in my mind
1: it's real obvious oh
2: Real player. A real
1: player. And it was not my favorite. Oh, man.
2: I was thinking specifically of a uh, MP3 player. And oh. I still can't remember the name of it. Orb or... No, uh, wait, not Waze, Wave. I can't remember the name
1: of it. Oh, yeah.
2: It was something cool, though.
1: Yes. There was so much stuff that we saw, thought was so cool. And, yeah. of course, people, I will post uh, this in the show notes. Even though it's a slideshow, it's kind of a fun one. There's not a lot of ads and stuff, but it they've got some great pictures mm-hmm. of stuff. Um, speaking of gaming systems, 1997, this was the big one. It had state-of-the-art 128 kilobytes of memory cards. Saved your progress. Well, DualShock controllers.
2: This would have been the PlayStation 2. Just the original PlayStation? Original PlayStation, PlayStation
1: 1997.
2: I didn't know if the DualShock was on the PS1. Yeah. Apparently it was. PlayStation was, 1. I was in college uh when that thing came out they had a demo on campus
1: um and then the next one the biggest game on the playstation final fantasy 7 yeah are they still making final fantasy games
2: they are and and 1 2 3 4 5 6 7 8 9 10 11 12 are available on pretty much any platform you want they keep nice. remaking them and re-releasing them and by the way uh playstation 1 graphics back in 1997 blew the socks off of anything else oh, yeah. they were amazing <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh it's so so fun to look back just 20 years ago yeah so the next one at a time in 1997 fewer than 40 percent of u.s households had a pc yeah this was the tv-based internet service mm Web TV. Yeah,
2: I was going to say internet TV, but it's web web
1: TV. TV. So it basically.
2: Microsoft, right? Didn't they buy those?
1: uh, Let's see. Plus, it allowed people to do crazy things, like as the New York Times described, simultaneously watch The X Files. And tap out an email. <laughs>
2: what? That's which a...
1: we all do now, like on our phones. <laughs> totally. But yeah, so web TV. I don't know. Yeah, I think Microsoft did buy I them, but it basically them. a device that plugged into your TV to basically make it a, a web browser.
2: It's one of those many things Microsoft bought and then promptly killed, either yeah. to bad marketing or misuse, or they just wanted the employees or the uh, intellectual property.
1: Uh, now, this one I did not know, and I would guess you would never guess. 1997, the Honda EV Plus, uh, which was an electric uh, battery, 125 mile range, hmm. which is pretty crazy at that time. You think, yeah. you know, Prius and Tesla and stuff, but Honda was. Um, so the problem with these electric cars, there's a good. Uh, Who Killed the Electric Car? I think a good documentary. documentary. Mm -hmm. Um, But it says, like many many of its electric brethren, the EV Plus was available only for lease, and when the lease was up, Honda took it back, and they all went away. And there's no place to charge it. It was just not the right time for, Mm -hmm. for that. Oh, so predating the smartphone, if you needed to keep track of what was on your calendar... You used
2: a Palm Pilot.
1: Yes, the Palm Pilot One Thousand.
2: And Handspring also made some of those, I think.
1: Yes, uh, I had a Palm Pilot, not ninety-seven, about two thousand one, two thousand two. Hmm. Um,
2: they were great. I had th- I had the Handspring version of one of those, and I I loved it.
1: Wow. Here's a fun fact: nineteen ninety-seven, President Clinton was in office. Mm-hmm. William, not Hillary. For those <laughs> listening to this in the future, right. He was not an internet whiz. He sent a total of two emails while president. Oh, Could you even imagine? Eight years, he sent two emails. Uh, um,
2: he was busy doing some other
1: stuff. But this one uh, on the vice president, Mr. Al Gore, who famously right. invented the internet. <laughs> right. He probably um, sent three emails. Yeah. <laughs> He was the geek of the White House. He kept a personal computer that he loved showing off to the press. They've got this great picture. And was it an
2: of, Apple or what was it?
1: No, it looks like just a, it's a compact, oh, just a, compact. a big old beige pile <laughs> of crap. Uh, known as an Atari Democrat while in Congress, Gore promoted high speed telecommunications bills and the expansion of ARPANET, the Technical Foundation for the Internet. Gore would be ridiculed by Republicans after (laughs) stating in 1999 that he took the initiative in creating the Internet. Um, So basically, he voted on something that helped what would eventually become the Internet, but uh, he took a lot of claim for that.
2: But he was an advocate early on, so that is true.
1: And he is on the board of Apple. He's one of the board members. And And I uh, think
2: he's probably an all-around nice guy.
1: Yeah, seems like it. Uh, you can buy some carbon credits to support him. But we are the most nonpartisan <laughs> tech podcast on the internet. So Thank you we're going to move reminder. on. So we talked l- I, last year or sometime about this uh, device, AlphaGo, that beat some of the best Go players mm-hmm. from Google. Now, what was the predecessor to this from 1997?
2: Was it Deep Deep Blue or Big Blue?
1: Deep Blue. Deep Blue. Yes. So the supercomputer for that uh, chess that beat reigning world chess champion in a best of six matchup.
2: And was it uh, Gary Kasparov? Or you something? are right. <laughs> oh,
1: you're getting your nerd cred tonight, sir. I totally sir. am. Oh, man, this is fun. We'll do a couple more here. Oh, now, I totally remember this. Um, the Sony Mavica digital camera. What did the Sony Mavica save images on?
2: A compact flash card?
1: Oh no 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 no! A <laughs> hard drive? No 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 no! A <laughs> 1.4 megabyte, three point inch, floppy. five inch floppy disk. <laughs> oh no! I remember these big, like, a couple too. of the schools I um, when I was like in college, they you know got one through some grant and. But you could
2: take the disk out and stick it right in your Macintosh, yeah, and there were your photos, yeah, your
1: floppy disk So they big old huge, and I don't know what the resolution was. It's I mean, probably 23 told me, told me.
2: megapixels or something. Like
1: something that. like that.
0: You
2: know what that reminds yeah. me of?
0: Don't copy that floppy.
1: <laughs> Don't copy that floppy. Uh, oh, <laughs> 1997. So who was our number one internet provider in 1997?
2: Oh, it would have been AOL, yes. America Online.
1: Yes. Oh, the company that bombarded everyone's mailboxes with floppy disks and CDs announced
2: which you could reformat and use for anything. Yes,
1: announced it would charge 1995 a month for unlimited access to the web.
2: We don't even have that now with our cell phone over
1: cameras. a modem, so you would not even be able to use your smartphone with it.
2: So here's a question: If if I back in 1997 started uploading data to the internet. How, how much would I have between then and now that I could probably just upload in a fraction of seconds? You know, oh, yeah. Just over that whole period yeah. of time. The
1: exponential change in speeds. I mean, you were looking at a 56 kilobit modem. Yeah. Kilobit. Right. And now we have 50 megabit. So yeah. a thousand times right. uh, the speed. Yep. Literally a thousand times the speed at the low end of what we have now. Wow. Um, if you had inter- if you were lucky enough to have it, yeah. Um, and I don't even know, like my school and my college, um, you know, late '90s, they had uh, internet service, mm-hmm. but I don't know how fast it was. It no, probably but wasn't much faster than a 56k. It
2: it was faster than dial up for sure, but compared to today's speeds, it was hundreds of times slower.
1: Wow. Uh, the cell phone was the Motorola StarTAC. Um, I mean, that's still pretty early cell phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Apple PowerBook 1400, mm-hmm. uh, which probably weighed about 25 pounds <laughs> with like a nine-inch screen on it.
2: Was it even color, or was it a black? Uh, and white no, it way? was some
1: color. Okay, um, but I, it was chunky. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes. Let's see what else we got. I wow! I did not know this. A, one of the top video game franchises of all time that has become much more popular version three and newer was originally released in 1997 it is an open world game that uh gets a lot of flack for being uh pretty crude around the edges nothing Mm.
2: Was it, uh, it's not Doom, oh, an open no. world game? Yeah. Oh, 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 Grand Theft Auto.
1: Yes. Yeah, so the original Grand Theft Auto was out in 1997.
2: And you can play that on your smartphone today. Download it from Rockstar Games and nice. you can play it The on most your
1: violent piece of gaming on the PlayStation yet, as GameSpot <laughs> judged GTA back in the day. Oh, man, that's funny. It's pretty old school. You got to see the picture on that one. Um cordless telephones with giga range. Oh yeah. Uh 20 times more range than the ordinary cordless telephone. Oh. So this didn't come out till 1997, a version of Windows that you would have guessed would have come out a little bit before Was 97. Is one. No, after three. we're 97 here.
2: Oh, Windows 97. Windows 95
1: 90, Windows 95. Windows 95 came yes. out in
2: 97. Yeah, I do remember that.
1: Oh man.
2: <laughs> Way to go, Microsoft.
1: The Nintendo 64 came out that same year. That's it I was, got some fond memories of Mario Kart and Goldeneye on the Nintendo 64.
2: Yeah, it was a head-to-head competitor with PlayStation One. They came yeah. out the same generation.
1: Star Fox 64. And me. I
2: remember there's a friend of mine. Um he was out of college, but um we would when the PlayStation One, you know, you'd get the gamer magazines and you'd read all the specs and you'd see the little photos and stuff. Uh and we were always arguing about Nintendo 64 versus PlayStation. They didn't even exist yet, or they weren't on sale yet. And he's like, oh no, the, the 64 is better because it's got 64 bit graphics. But I'm like, yeah, but the PlayStation has got better games and it like runs at a better frame rate or we were just comparing all the stuff and all the polygons (laughs) and stuff. And so to, I, I don't know who won the argument. They both had great games on the platform. It's just what you prefer. Pretty
1: revolutionary. I mean, those were, the birth of the modern gaming system. Before yeah. that, you basically had the Nintendo and Atari before that. Yeah. they were That was when the competition These two, really started. The Sega was around, but they yeah. still weren't.
2: These two consoles introduced the third dimension into gaming yes. with uh, uh, game elements based on polygons instead of flat artwork, yeah. flat sprites. They were three-dimensional.
1: DVD players. Yeah. That's crazy. 1997.
2: And I don't think we got one till way later.
1: I I think my first one was in the year 2000. I -hmm. got my Lime Green iMac. Yeah. And I think that was my first DVD player. And I was so excited because it came with A Bug's Life on DVD.
2: I got the grape one right around the same time. Yeah.
1: So I had A Bug's Life that I would have people over to look at my, what was it? A 14-inch square screen to watch the DVD of A Bug's Life.
2: Get this that i just i just thought of this now you and i were into max and doing the same thing even before we knew each other
1: yeah how sweet is that yeah it was meant to be
2: here let's we need to touch mustaches <laughs> <laughs> maybe not
1: <laughs> maybe not you
2: know what you could reach yours over here yeah and, i yeah. pretty much oh. could
1: 1997 was a breakthrough for a new audio format Hmm that we uh, are quite familiar with still to is this it day. MP3? Yeah, MP3. So think about that. 1997 is when MP3 really came on. And mm-hmm. then, you know, uh, all the downloading stuff came over the next couple years as people had internet speeds where you could actually download stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's Napster and iTunes were a couple years out still. So there we go. Uh, A flashback episode there. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't plan on taking that long, but that is a fun look back to think back
2: uh, where we were at. I'm not one to brag, but I think I did pretty good on that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Pretty impressive. Uh, That was a a prime spot for me, I know, in the technology realm. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I've got another quick article that I was kind of laughing at, and I asked you not to look at this one, but uh, we'll do a high five. Ah, there we go. We can't touch mustaches, but we can do the high five. Do the high five. Um, So this is the top ten breakthrough technologies of 2017. That was written at the very beginning of 2017. I'd say it's only April. Yeah. So this was a prediction from TechnologyReview.com, and I was just going to see if you could guess any of them on this. It's actually a list of ten. Is it going
2: to be solar panels for your houses, roof that look like Um, roof tiles?
1: Well, this one is actually hot solar cells. Yeah, I knew it was something cellular. By converting heat to focus beams of light, a new solar device could create cheap and continuous power. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing that they're thinking could come out this year.
2: Was there anything about electric cars in there?
1: Um, self-driving trucks. Hmm. Uh, let's see. Oh,
2: AI vehicles. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. What about any space travel stuff? Is there any?
1: Space travel. It seems like there's something on spacey. Uh, no, nope.
2: still holding out for that space elevator. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm up. Those are the only guesses I have.
1: So they said reversing paralysis brain implants, which I think we kind of mentioned <laughs> with, uh, Elon Musk's new company brain implants, but, uh, self-driving trucks paying with your face so that yeah, retina type stuff, but. Oh on the Samsung one that's already been blown to pieces. So I got
2: I got one virtual reality is that a thing? Oh,
1: virtual. We're not doing <laughs> 1997 estimates of what's going to be new. Oh, okay. Uh practical quantum computers advances at Google, Intel and several, several research groups indicate that computers with previously unimaginable power are finally within reach, which that happens every year computers that we didn't think were in reach the year before. But
2: the quantum thing, man, I I watched a little video on that. I still don't understand. It's like it's traditional computers. Your bits are either on or off quantum. Maybe they're on, maybe they're not on or they're off or they're on. And I, I, I don't understand it. That I don't know how not. you can make a computer out of that.
1: That's that's beyond not nerd. Um, 360 degree selfie, which we are seeing more of this. The 360 degree cameras are getting a lot cheaper. So you're seeing it more different places mm-hmm. and more ways to share it with, you know, on Facebook, you can do kind of the panoramics or 360 stuff now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Samsung's got a new 360 degree camera that you can get with the new uh, Galaxy S8. Um, The solar cells, gene therapy, cell atlas. It wasn't a very technology list the way we think about technology. Uh, Botnets of things, so just the conversational-type stuff. Um, And reinforcement learning. By experimenting, computers are figuring out how to do things that no programmer could teach them. Hmm. So kind of the machine learning. So that was just an interesting... transition from the 1997 yeah. to 2017. I want
2: to go back to 97.
1: Yeah. Those were good times. It was good times. Uh, some quick takes this week. First of all, we've mentioned him in several episodes, uncle Walt, Walt Mossberg, mm. uh, famed tech writer, uh, is announced that he's going to retire this June, mm-hmm. um, after their big, uh, code conference that they do, uh, he's part of Recode and Vox Media and The mm-hmm. Verge. Um, but he is he everything. He's like 73, I think. Uh, so it's definitely at a retiring age. Um, but the article I'm going to link to in the show notes, i I've kind of given him some gruff on the site or on the podcast just mm-hmm. because seems like he's been a little out of touch and a little negative Nancy lately. Yeah. Um, but this article talks about how he was really a pioneer and what he wanted to do uh, was talk about consumer technology, which right. is what we do mm-hmm. um, at the time, you know, when he started 40 years ago or whatever it was, there <laughs> it was, was nothing. It was all, you know, super nerds talking to super nerds. Yeah, about, guys who
2: go in radio shack and picking up transistors to yeah. build their own ham radio station or something like that so he really did pioneer the way and opened the doors for people like us who are interested in technology who just want to be a part of it and to use technology yeah. without being an engineer or a, com- a computer programmer or something like that.
1: Yeah. And so for all the junk I've given him <laughs> and frustrations when I've listened to his stuff, yeah. um, I, he really did pioneer some of that stuff. And he kind of said in this interview, he was like, well, I wasn't the only voice on the topic, but, uh, you know, there was a few of us that really helped, these tech companies realized that they needed to market to consumers too. Um, So it's really been a benefit um, to everybody, just kind of this change in focus uh, where, you know, we might not have had the personal computers or all of that stuff that we have today um, if it wasn't for a couple of these people that were kind of like, hey, everybody needs to be able to understand and use Mm -hmm. technology. Um, So he's got some good stuff. You can read through the interview. Um, I listened to... He does a podcast every week called Control-Walt-Delete. Very um, clever. Yes, with Nilay Patel from The Verge that we've also mentioned before. Yeah. Um, and he just kind of talks through tech, and they they actually look back on some of his old articles. Hmm. Whatever topic they're going to talk about, Nilay will find a couple old ones and kind of read his reviews from kind of the 1997 stuff. So. It's a good one. Next story, there was a Burger King ad uh, over this last week. That it basically the gist of it is, this guy comes on. And he said, "Oh, the Whopper is so great, but I only have 15 seconds. I could never tell you about the whole thing." So, Google Home, tell him about the Whopper. And so, if they had a or OK Google, tell him about the Whopper. So, if you had a Google Home device, right or a Google phone that was set up to do voice activation, it would start telling you this very long description about the Whopper. (laughs) Um, And so Google, of course, after eight hours, shut it down. But it's gotten all this press for Burger King, all this press for the Google Home. And the the curious thing, I saw somebody mention, and I started thinking about They are like, why would they choose the Google Home? That's the least device. So there's kind of a little speculation that Google was – I was kind of maybe behind it. it because it's great advertising for Google home devices, which is like <laughs> the Amazon Alexa or, you know, these devices that you just speak to. Yeah. Um, it's Google's voice assistant in a little device in your home, which I mean, if Burger King really wanted to be viral about this and get it out to the most people, they would just do, Alexa. All of them. Yeah. Or do all of them. Hey Alexa. Hey Siri. Hey okay, Google. Get all of them going and then do it. But they did specifically Google and then Google shut them down. Yeah. And it's gotten all this viral coverage. So I'm a little suspect of it, but I usually am a little suspect of all this kind of stuff. Um but I'll post a link to it. Next up, there's a kind of an interesting story this week. There was a student, uh, I forget where he went to school, but he went undercover for a few months in an, one of the iPhone factories mm. over in China. And so he... Um,
2: was this a Chinese student? or? A-
1: yes, he, okay. well, he was studying in the U.S., but he went, um, he was Chinese, uh, so he went back over there and he got a job um, at one of the iPhone factories near Shanghai Okay. Uh, last summer, and i'm trying to look and see real quick in the article where he went to school Uh, oh he's a grad student at new york university so nyu so it's pegatron is one of the big iphone manufacturers um but he went through and talked about his
2: his experience his
1: summer to instead of going you know Somewhere exotic for 2016 summer, he went to China and made <laughs> iPhones. Um,
2: That'd be kind of cool.
1: Yeah. So he he talked about just the whole experience. You know, you sleep in a... They have dorms there, and mm-hmm. everybody just kind of comes there and works. Got paid about, at US, $450 uh, for a month of work. Um, but he kind of talked about the overtime. And it, the whole article, kind of the gist I got was... I've had some jobs that sounded worse than that here in the U.S. Yeah. I mean, obviously, the pay sounds a lot lower, but, but it's different in China. It's yeah. just a whole different the world. economics are completely different. Compare that, but it's like, you know, well, they kind of expected you to work overtime every day, and it's like I've had some jobs jobs where they expected me to work mm-hmm. overtime every day. It's, yeah. they got, he got paid overtime. Right. It's not like um, it was... And he's like, "Well, you had to, you know, in these dorms, you had to pay. You had to like get credits for Wi-Fi." And it's like, "Well, yeah, you got to pay for Wi-Fi." And so I, I read through a lot of the um, information. It's pretty fascinating just to see what it is really like. Yeah, I haven't um, read that. I'm gonna have to day to day. But I, it really, my takeaway from what I read was, okay, yep, that's doesn't sound too bad. You know, you Mm kind of get these images of just this horrible 24 hour day sweatshop. And there's been, Apple has been one of the leaders in changing that and getting it to a much more workable thing. But it's like he, he said one of the things, one of the jobs he had was just one screw in the iPhone. And that's, his whole job was just getting, putting one screw into the iPhone.
2: Did he say how many phones he did a day?
1: I I think he did go in there. You'll have to read through it and get all the details. I don't remember all the facts, but, um, so yeah, you just go in there and do your job all day. And that really makes you realize too how easily a lot of this stuff could just easily be replaced by robots. Mm -hmm. I mean, to put a screw on if a robot can't do that, we're not building robots, (laughs) right? You know, um, (laughs) But the fact that they are using humans to build these iPhones, there's a lot of tolerances and they mm-hmm. really want to make sure they do them right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was like, you know, 10, 12 hour days, but he's getting his 10 minute breaks and his lunch. And so mm-hmm. you're kind of like, I, I kept waiting for the like bombshell to drop of like, Oh, Oh, they bring out the whip, you know, at yeah. four o'clock and yeah. get you to really work that last no. hour. And I, like, I yeah. think
2: they know what they're getting into. There's yeah. no surprises.
1: Yeah. But it's an interesting read. I found it fascinating just to get a perspective on what it's like over there. Um, and the culture just is so different. You can't compare. One of the things was kind of just the fact that it is a lot of younger people that they just need a job and they do an assembly line. And mm. it's a very low and job, it's not what you strive to do in China. It's like you a go, McDonald's type job. Yeah, you yeah. probably go, you go and do it for three months and raise some money, go back to your family, and yeah. or you live do it over the summer or whatever. Yeah. Speaking of not iPhones, mm-hmm. the Samsung Galaxy S8 that we talked about a few weeks ago, and I think yeah. we mentioned the Bixby, mm-hmm. which is their new voice assistant. Well, right. they've announced that when the Galaxy S8 ships. Bixby is not going to be taking voice commands. Well, I
2: talked to a friend um, who's upgrading from his was what was before the The
1: S7 or the the S7 Edge.
2: Yeah, he's the Edge. He has the yes. S7 Edge, and he wanted to get the new one. Um, but he'd mentioned, and this is a guy, he's not a big tech guy, and he had mentioned that the the Bixby, he didn't even remember the name of it. He's like, oh, I won't even be able to use that thing because there's a delay or something. Yeah. So it's just kind of funny how non-technical people catch wind of some of this stuff, even though they don't fully understand it. But he knew that it was not going to be available. Yeah.
1: So. Well, and we actually... Kind of a on that topic. Um, my brother has the one of my brothers has the S7 mm-hmm. Edge. Yeah, um, they went and got new phones this last year and did one of the payment plans. And we were sitting at Easter yesterday and talking about phones. Somehow we got on the topic, and my brother's like, "Well, you don't even get the subsidized phone anymore. I'm paying this." Oh, because I was telling about T-Mobile and how I'm yeah. very happy with the hundred dollar
2: good yeah two
1: line unlimited. And I got my bill and it was a hundred dollars. Um, and my brother-in-law uh, and sister-in-law, Melissa and Roger, they just switched over this week up in Washington. Uh, we were going to add them to the family plan, but it was just complicated cause we're far apart. But anyways, we were talking about this stuff and my brother's got the S7 edge. And so they were doing the payment plan, which is, you know, 30, 35 bucks a month that he's paying on top of his cell phone bill. Which right. I don't really factor into ours, but that would make it more. Yeah. Um, and my other brother, Ryan, he was actually he worked for AT and T in one of their cell phone stores for many years, a while back. Um, but he was talking about it, and Micah, my other brother, was like, "Well, we're just paying a lot more now because we have to pay for our plan and we have to pay the full price for our phones instead of the subsidized price." And uh, Ryan had a really good insight on that. He said, "Well." For a long time, the cell phone carriers had to subsidize the phones to get people into mm-hmm. smartphones because otherwise, they if it wouldn't have been eight, nine hundred bucks, you just would have never bought a smartphone yeah. and to make that transition. Well, now. People can't go without their smartphone. <laughs> they got to have
2: their doodle jump. Or yes.
1: Whatever. And so now they don't have to do as much subsidizing. And I yeah. thought that was an interesting way to think about that transition where it's like, you know what? They can start charging us more. It's not, they don't need to subsidize it as much because now you really can't. Mm-hmm. Um, go. You might go a little longer with your current phone, yeah. um, but eventually you're going to need to upgrade because you want to have the latest and greatest. And we've become so dependent on them mm-hmm. uh, that they don't really need to give us those same advantages. So just a little insight there that I thought yeah. was interesting. Um, nice. I had a couple articles, uh, some quick ones on parenting that I came across. One of them was nine things to ask Siri that your kids will find hilarious. Oh boy. And I just clicked on the link and it came up with, oops, we can't find the page you're looking for. Here's um, one, hey
2: Siri, pull my finger. <laughs>
1: so we'll come back to that. Thanks, um, cbc.ca. Oh um, boy, they're from Canada. Another one, so that's kind of a not news because their link doesn't work anymore. Another one that was kind of not news is the Google's Family Link app. Hmm. Now this is an app apparently Google released it on Android where if you have Android phones, you can kind of get some parental controls for your kids' phones where you can kind of monitor which apps are downloading and see some, you know, how screen time and keep track of some yeah. stuff. Um, some the, monitoring. The
2: Kindle devices are very good at doing that.
1: Yeah. Thing. And so they built it into Android and this article was about the fact that if your kids have Android devices, there's an app on ios on iphone now that you could download to be able to monitor their android phones Hmm. so you can't if your kids have iphones it won't work for that but if they do have android the thing that makes this not news their your kids iphones have to be running nougat or your kids android devices android devices sorry have to be running Nougat or newer, which we've talked about, is running on like 2% of Android devices. Mm-hmm. So the chances that your kids, I mean, it's basically if they have a brand new Google Pixel phone.
2: Yeah, they're gonna be having hand-me-down devices. You yeah, know they are.
1: There's like two or three phones that actually run Nougat. So it's it's a non-story. It's, it's great software, but the chances mm-hmm. that you're gonna be able to use it, not that great. The one that I did think it was fun, uh, and kind of will take you back to the 1997. There's a new streaming service in our endless quest for cutting the cord. Yeah. And this channel actually is available on some cable services, not Xfinity or Frontier, my previous one, but like DirecTV. It's called the Boomerang Channel, and they just have a bunch of vintage mm-hmm. like Scooby-Doo, Looney Tunes, mm-hmm. um, bunch of over a thousand episodes of different stuff. Tom and Jerry, I did read something that said it was pretty limited as far as, like, the people that own the ones that are on there mm-hmm. own all the old cartoons, yeah. so why it's so limited. But for five bucks a month, uh, I know I've talked with a couple different people that's like, hey, I want to have all the classic cartoons for my mm. kids. I want to raise them on Looney Tunes, you know, all that good stuff.
2: Violence, and yeah. prejudice, yeah. racism. <laughs>
1: yes, please. Let's get more of that to our children. But if you're interested in that, check it out, five bucks a month uh, or $40 a year. And uh, you can, it works on iOS and Android currently. And they're planning on having, you know, apps for all the TV devices. Here's what I what. might
2: pay for $1 a month extra for my Netflix subscription or to $5 that, yeah. ad- additional to my, already paid for Amazon Prime Video. But I'm not going to go out and seek this thing separately. No,
1: no. The one, yeah, it gets so fragmented. That's the problem with that. A couple quick security stories I posted on the Facebook page. Uh, There's a link, a little quick test. There's a Mm -hmm. lot of uh, internet routers where you just press a button on their webpage and see if your internet router might be, you know, just corrupted, sending out malicious stuff doing Um, acting is a a bad actor, as they say.
2: And I even checked it at work and was very surprised to see that it came back clear.
1: (laughs) Yeah, It's always amazing when that happens. So just go run, click the link, check it real quick, just to make sure um, you don't have any issues. Uh, The other one, we were talking a lot about VPN services and stuff. Mm -hmm. And there's a big article that somebody had written about a VPN service that had just popped up and was like brand new, just as all this stuff Mm -hmm. had been coming out and looked pretty scammy. Well, it turns out like a week later, they were just completely gone. So they took (laughs) a bunch of people's money and just ran, so. Yeah,
2: it was an opportunistic.
1: Be careful, find a good company. The holistic cost of a cheap service that's offering you a great deal will often not work out in the end.
2: Maybe we should start Nate and Dave's
1: VPN service. Oh, there we go. (laughs) Uh, Just $75 a month.
2: Yeah, uh, for the first month, and then twice thereafter. Twice as much thereafter. Yes.
1: Um, You know what that brings us to?
2: I don't know, no, 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 (laughs) no. don't know, no, no? I don't know, no, no. It's Dave's tip of the week. (laughs) Those special effects are getting better and better.
1: Yes. What do you got for us this week, Dave? So
2: this is the iOS uh, tip of the week. Um, This is unreal. Unrelated for most of you, but related to my tip of the week. So <laughs> the reason I preface that, because the whole problem started by connecting my AirPods to my brother's iPhone. So he could try them out. Oh, now, okay. Many yep. people don't have AirPods because one, they're 160 bucks and they are kind of like the Nintendo There's switch. S- still or, six weeks out or to the get NES classic. They're yeah. like, you can find unicorns before you can find these things. Yes. So that's why it, it doesn't really apply to a lot of these people. So I don't foresee people connecting other people's AirPods to their phones. But when I did, it apparently set off a – it was a catalyst to slowly – Uh, like the Borg to assimilate my brother's phone into my phone (laughs) because he's like, I tried to enable Siri the other day and it said, hello, David, what would you like to do? And so he's very confused. And so we got together this weekend over Easter and I'm like, what is going on? And so here is the iOS tip of the week. Somehow since it AirPods are associated to your iCloud account, it switched his phone's contact item, his my card and his contacts to my card. Oh, wow. I don't know why, because maybe it had my iCloud uh, phone number in there. I don't under I don't yeah. understand. Anyway, so his phone thought that he was me because my card had been elevated to the owner of the device. I hope this all makes sense to you out there. So I'm like, no problem, right? We'll just take your phone, switch to your card, and say, hey, this is your your name, your phone number, your address, and so Siri knows who you are. It took, me, it took me forever to figure out how to do this. So conventional wisdom would say, go to the Contacts app, yeah. select, and at the top of the screen it says, my card. And yeah. it, of course, had my picture and my name and my on everything. On his phone. On his phone. You click on that. There's absolutely no way to change it. You click edit. No way to change it. I'm like, no problem. Let's go down to your card. Surely there will be a place to switch yeah. it. So I go down to his card, open it up. There's no button to say, make my card. I go into edit. There's no button to say, make my card. And so I had to go online and Google the answer to this thing. Wow. So if you have a phone, an iOS phone that doesn't know who you are, that (laughs) you've never associated a card uh, with your contacts uh, program so that it knows who you are. So you have to go into settings. If you're on iOS 9, 8, 7, those older ones, you have to go into the mail, comma contact, comma calendar option. On iOS 10, they're separate items. There's the mail option, the contact option. Oh, so yeah. you have to go yeah. into the contact item, and from there you can assign your card. So why this is not available within the contacts within the app, con- yeah. I have no idea. It took me forever to find this answer because I know that I've done it in the past, really simply and I think it was from within the contacts uh, application I don't know that for sure it's been so long but if you are struggling out there and your phone does not know who you are you need to go to preferences and you need to find the contact item and you can adjust it there so that's my iOS tip of the week and uh, a little pro tip avoid connecting your paired AirPods to other people's phones because it causes problems like this
1: There we go. Well, thank you very much for that. That is a good one to know because you can't have issues with that or want to change it or something. Um, Next up, we've got the picks of the week. Uh, Dave, since you just went with your tip of the week, I'm going to go against the grain and go first with the pick of the week. I don't know if I've done that. Um, This is something that I am excited about. I had heard about it before um, but I just decided to check it out. It is a app on the computer mm-hmm. called Grammarly.
2: Hmm, I've not heard of Grammarly, or if I have, it's n- not coming to mind.
1: Yes, so they have a Mac app. I'm looking to see if they have a Windows app. They also have a Google Chrome uh, plugin. Oh,
2: so it'll work on yeah, so it would work on
1: anything. And what Grammarly is is just a really I've it, been using it for about a week now. Just a really good spell check grammar service built in to wherever you're typing. So I was working on a website today in WordPress um, and I was typing away and it was giving me suggestions live. I was doing something, you know, on Facebook when you're typing a post, mm-hmm. it'll give you suggestions and say, you spelled the word this way. we th- think you want to do it Mm. this way they do have a paid service as well uh, for i think you can get like 30 or 40 dollars a year but they have well they also have a safari plug-in i'm seeing here i i consider myself a decent writer Mm -hmm. that puts effort into making sure that i do things correctly and so i was very excited to have another tool that can kind of catch those times like one of the ones i had, had to look up for some reason a couple times in the last couple of weeks was uh, it's versus it's with an apostrophe like when do you use the possessive child's play yes and when do you when is it it is yeah um, and so pro tip the apostrophe is always for when it's it is or it has is it it's with the apostrophe just its is the possessive yeah. or the plural
2: which is a little counterintuitive comparing yes. to yeah
1: cuz you usually use the apostrophe to well, denounce i is thinking possession.
2: that this are a good type suggestion for y'alls
1: yes um oh they do have grammarly for microsoft office i'm seeing which microsoft office has some decent stuff built in but Mm i so far and one of the great things that i'm excited about this so i installed the mac app i have the google chrome plugin so you can like add stuff to your dictionary that will go across the platforms um so that you have different options now i really wish that they had a version for iOS. I just, I know that that's not a possibility. Yeah.
2: How would you even do that?
1: Um, I mean, really the only way you'd be able to do it is if you open grammarly type something and then pasted it in to somewhere else. But yeah, I, I, it's free for the most part. They do have the premium, uh, which gives you some extra, uh, they do 250 different checks in the premium. So they do a lot more grammar type stuff. Instead, just your spelling or maybe using the wrong word in the wrong spot. But I I like it. I like it so far. So especially if you're on a Mac or if you use Google Chrome. So yeah, if it's, oh, so I guess it's a little more than I, oh no, that's the work version. So they have a work, a personal and an academic version. Uh, So the personal, oh, I guess it is $140 a year.
2: Okay, but there is a free
1: Yeah, the check. free version is more than enough for people. If you're really serious into writing and really have some grammar issues, maybe go for the more expensive one. Or if you do something, you know, if you're doing a lot of writing for work or something like that, where it's kind of a little more uh, important, important, important? It are. Grammarly. The, yeah, Can we, they need a podcast plugin they, where while I'm speaking on the podcast, can do it that way so check it out grammarly the free version i don't think i'm going to go for the premium anytime soon uh but i have really enjoyed it and i've liked the fact that it's the same through all my stuff Mm -hmm. on my computer uh so i can get used to it i can add stuff like not nerd i added it to the dictionary so it'll never uh you know pick on me for that one anymore um so yeah grammarly check it out and dave your pick of the week yeah i was excited Excited? Excited to hear uh, <laughs> some more about because I looked at it briefly and I am uh, intrigued about yes. what they're doing here.
2: Yes. Um, this little gem, archive.org. And we may have even talked about it before. Yeah. They have the, the, w- in
1: general, the archive.org. Yeah.
2: They have the Wayback Machine and you can go and look at the web as it was. For example, you could go back and see... The 1997 version of websites, if they did indeed exist yeah. back then, um, you can go back in time. Well, archive.org does many other things, and they've added some new content to their archive, not the least of which is old uh, Macintosh operating system programs. So you can fire up a Mac OS 7 and do Mac Paint. Dustin Cook, if you're out there listening... Forget that. Forget the cruddy uh, Tandy 1000 MS Paint. Yeah, you could, Microsoft Paint. Come on. With your 16 colors. You could go back and do black and white painting with patterns only. And I was experimenting with this on my 27-inch iMac at home. Nice. I had this giant, uh, what used to be a 9-inch screen, blown up clear, big on my screen, and I was doing Mac Paint. But it, I wanted to mention it. Uh, because that reminded me that uh, if you go to archive.org slash software, and it'll redirect you to another URL there, uh, but it's an easy way to get there, archive.org slash software, you can go through literally tens of thousands of old PC games, old PC programs, many of which you can download and run or you can run them inside your browser through a yeah. built-in emulator. I've played well through that that old Mac uh, black and white. I played a game of Risk on there, uh, this Canon game. Before I've played uh, tons of old PC games, uh, stuff from Cinemaware like Wings, and uh, they came from the des or it came from the desert and all these like cinematic type games. They're all there. Yeah. You just dig through. I,
1: I clicked on Oregon Trail earlier yeah. today and I was like, okay, I need to walk away from this. <laughs> I have some stuff I need yeah. to get done once I saw your link. but So if you have um, any
2: nostalgic games that you're just like, man, I wish I could play that on my iPad or something modern. Uh, well, you might be able to. It works.
1: And I just fired up Street Super Street Fighter 2. That's so uh, loud. That is. Oh, sound off. Okay, there we go. Back to the podcast.
2: Yeah, Super Street Fighter 2. You can play these on your keyboard through your browser. You don't even have to download any software. So take a look at it. They've got old uh, radio programs. They've got old movies and uh, public domain stuff. It's just... Anything that's been, that could be digitized or yeah. existed in the digital form, they're taking a hold of and archiving that Oh, man, that they've for got us.
1: Sega Genesis games. Yeah, they've Sonic. Magnavox Odyssey 2 game. Yeah. I mean, when you say literally thousands, I mean, it just goes on and on. For the different. PC
2: games, I think there were 10,000 in that category, over yeah. 10,000 in yeah. that one category. And so... there's a
1: bunch of those kinds of categories. It's uh, There's 32 thousand games just in the two cows software library
2: yeah and i don't know if they have amiga stuff on there but um I, i'm
1: sure they do and th- nicole smith too if yeah. you've been looking for that software yeah you can uh call center pink floyd dark side of the moon i mean it just everything you could spend your entire life in here and not get through yeah um all the stuff the original adobe photoshop the yep. original that would be Uh, An interesting one to play around with it.
2: And what's so great about this is that if you're trying to do research or write an article comparing things, like you don't have computers laying around at home that can run these things.
1: And some people do so that they can do this kind of stuff. But oh my goodness.
2: Yeah. Who wants a garage full of old Tandy 1000s laying around just so they can play this stuff? Not me. So anyway, it's fun. It's great. It's free. So check it out, archive.org, and specifically archive.org slash software.
1: Yeah, we we ended up going real retro on a lot of stuff tonight. We did. That was completely by mistake. But uh, thank you, Nintendo, for killing the classics so that we could reminisce about yeah. the, the yesteryear of technology <laughs> um, and how far we've come since then. We love doing this podcast. It's so much fun because mm-hmm. uh, we get to talk about technology. We get to... Help you guys! I keep hearing stories from people that they're listening, they're trying out stuff. You know, Jared was saying that today he downloaded Downcast, which is the podcast app that mm-hmm. I use. You know, my brother-in-law they went and got T-Mobile because he heard me talking about it and was like, "I'm paying way too much for at and They needed new phones. I think they're about ready to yeah. have another baby and. I think Melissa is using like an iPhone five or something to like take pictures of the kids. So they were due. So she did that. So we lo- I love hearing these stories mm-hmm. about people just making great tech decisions based on what we've uh, heard. We're still running the competition. We didn't do a nod ad this episode. But if you post on last week's episode, post a screenshot of your home screen on your iPhone, and we will enter you in. We're going to pick one person to get the Aki two-port mm-hmm. USB charger that we've been talking about. And
2: the video's coming. The video's it.
1: coming. Um, yeah, so yeah. we'll give away the prize as soon as Dave gets the video out. Uh, but yeah, get get that up. Share those home screens. We've got a couple on there already. Todd's looks amazing because the background picture is yeah. me. Check that out. Uh, but,
2: I, but I was just going to say from your stories that you're sharing... Not nerd podcast solving real tech problems for real people. Yeah. That's what we're about.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's not the pre uncle Walt Mossberg <laughs> days when it was just all people in huge IBM labs. Uh, there's a little more technology out there these it's days,
2: everyday people
1: and Google photos. Another one. We talked about that last week. Share that with a friend, please. i I'm been working on a backup project somebody uh, their iMac died Uh, they lost their hard drive they had a couple backup drives but nothing was really working so I've been I was able to restore all their photos and videos I mean Mm -hmm. seven or eight years of photos and videos with their kids that I was able to get back that they thought were just gone so can you
2: lift your shirt up for me what does it say back there
1: I think Uh, yeah Yeah. one backup Is. is None backup. Yeah, so um, that's-, that's one thing we're passionate about. But we're just in general, we we love tech and we love help helping people use mm-hmm. tech better. So keep sharing the podcast. That's the best thing you can do. Leave a review on iTunes. Tell somebody about it. The more downloads we get, the more people we get going through the Amazon link. The more we can just invest in getting this information out to you. So mm-hmm. uh, with that, we're going to wrap up episode seventy one. Thank you for listening.
0: Did I hear you saying that you're gonna make a copy of a game without paying? Come on, guys. I thought you knew better, don't copy that floppy. I'm your MC double dev DP, that's the disc protector for you and the poppy. That's the artist, writers, designers, and programmers And worked up the images for games and grammar to let you learn, but also play the game you came here for today. Now, I know you love the games, and that's all right to do Because the posse who makes them, they love them too But if you start stealing, there's no more they can do You say, I'll just make a copy for me and a friend Then he'll make one, and she'll make one, and where will it end? One leads to another, then ten, then more And no one buys any discs from the store So no one gets paid and they can't make more The posse breaks up and then closes the stores Don't copy, don't copy that sloppy. So let me break this down for you don't- the more oregon trail tetris and the others they're all gonna fail not because we want it but because you're just taking it disrespecting all the folks who are making it the more you take the less there will be the this becomes fewer the games fall away the screen starts to shrink and then it will fade programs fall through a black hole in space the computer world becomes bleak and stark loses its life and the screen goes to dark so Welcome to the end of the computer age.